the absolute lordship and victory of Jesus Christ. As we move together tonight into a new year and a new decade, I can't think of anything more important than recognizing the absolute lordship of Christ over our lives, over our nation, our society. If you're a regular worshiper here, you'll know I've been doing a series before Christmas and over Christmas from that wonderful passage in the book of Philippians that talks about Jesus. Though he was in the form of God and did not consider it robbery to be on an equality with God, nevertheless, he humbled himself. He made himself nothing. And being found in human form, he took upon himself servanthood and was obedient unto death, even death. On the cross. Philippians chapter 2 verse 9 says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven, on the earth, and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. True exalting is the exalting God does. Don't try and do it yourself. Don't try and Elevate yourself. Don't try and get glory. The Bible has many examples of the catastrophe that follows whenever anyone, a spiritual being, a human being, an organization, or a nation tries to exalt itself on a level with God or even above God, God always brings them down. True exalting is not self-exaltation. That does not bring glory to God. It's the exalting that God does. The person whom we now call Satan, as the New Testament does, the arch enemy and adversary of God, he tried to exalt himself. There's a picture of this in Isaiah 14, verse 13. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. Above the stars of God, I will set my throne on high, and I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of north. 
I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. But you are brought down to Sheol, to the far reaches of the pit. That's the story of the fall of Satan. And he was thrown down, cast down, not just to the earth, but to the underworld. And there he amassed an army and built a kingdom, an illegitimate, rebellious kingdom, and seeks to influence the nations of the world, the enemy of our souls. And in humanity itself, we have a similar story. You remember what the serpent hissed. And by the way, the serpent was no mere snake. Snakes don't talk. This was a spiritual being that was trying to destroy humanity by getting humanity to disobey God. And here was the temptation. Ah, God doesn't want you to have that fruit. Because if you have that fruit, you'll become like Him. You will know good and evil. And, and the woman said, this is pleasing to the eyes. This is good for food. This is desirable. It's going to make me wise. It's going to make me like God. And because humanity tried to exalt itself and go above God and to say that they knew better than God, humanity also fell. But the exaltation that comes from God is the exaltation that He gives. Therefore, God has highly exalted Him. We were debating which picture to put on the screen. We have a crown, and the first image that was proposed to me was a crown of thorns which would have been an adequate representation because it shows that Jesus' authority came from his own self-humiliation. Everything that Jesus willingly went through qualified him to be highly exalted. And it's the way of the kingdom. Whoever exalts himself shall be humbled and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted the glory that Jesus received in this exaltation was the glory that was his rightfully his from all eternity being in the form of God being clothed and surrounded by the highest accolades of heaven, the most heavenly, most glorious glory 
that is reserved for God himself. Yes, he was glorified with the glory that he had with the Father before the foundation of the world. It was his glory by right. Because he was who he was and who he is. That's something that people today find very difficult to understand. Why should we glorify God? Why do we have to recognize his authority and power? Why do we have to worship him? Why do we bow our knee before him? Some say, I bow my knee to no one. Really? We'll see about that. But the exaltation of Jesus was not just him being restored to that former place of glory that he had before he came to this earth. The Bible says that God highly exalted him. In other words, God gave him a new role. God enthroned him at his own right hand in a, in a new executive position. God handed over to Jesus the executive governing of the universe. And it was there for a purpose. The Father said to the Son, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. For he must reign until God's enemies are made his footstool. That's not the end of the story, as we shall see. But from that place in heaven, Jesus Christ, who has been glorified to the highest place, no authority above his authority, he is exalted far above all rule, all dominion, all authority. Makes me wonder why we don't go to him more instead of going to the lesser authorities to bring our complaints. Don't waste your time. Go straight to the highest court. Go straight to Jesus. He carries the authority of God. And the Bible here says God bestowed on him the name that is above every name. What name is that? Very recently, it was a bit difficult because I had to do it all in French. But stepping out, of my apartment in Marseille, I was accosted by two Jehovah's Witnesses who were telling me, did I know that Jesus Christ is Lord? I said, oh yes, I know he's Lord. And they began to use all the kind of Christian language that appeared to be giving Jesus his rightful place until I asked them a question. 
I said, what is the name that is above every name? And you ask a Jehovah's Witness that. There is only one answer. Jehovah. <laughs> so I said, if Jesus is Jehovah, how can you tell me that he was a created being? We need to get to grips with who Jesus really is. Sometimes we sing his name, but we don't know his name. Sometimes we repeat his name, but we have no knowledge of the power and authority that lies in that name, the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is the very name of God. It's to do with historical translation and so forth, but the best guess of scholars today is that name, the great I Am, found in Exodus 3, Yahweh. Yahweh. Now, this name, Yahweh, belonged to Jesus forever. We read in the Bible that the doctrine of the Trinity is not just something new that happens in the New Testament. Yes, it's very clear in the New Testament, but this is a fundamentally Jewish doctrine. Because they understood not only was there a Yahweh, but there was an angel of the Lord who also was Yahweh. There were two powers in heaven. And give time, we can see how that also extended to a third person, the Holy Spirit, who was also Yahweh. So when it says God bestowed on him the name that's above every name, it was, it was not a new name given to him. But it was a new authority to act in a certain way. When Jesus Christ was exalted, God demonstrated that Jesus is the Son of God and that he was God open declaration of who he really is. But what we find now is that all the authority of the name of Yahweh has been taken and invested into the name of Jesus. That means if we know his name, then we will know authority in His name. My word for you for 2020 is this. Victory in the name of Jesus. I want you to step into 2020 with a fresh, renewed Confidence in your authority and your victory in the name of Jesus. There is no other name given from heaven by which we must be saved. The name of Jesus. No other name has authority over the powers of darkness like the name of Jesus. No other name has authority over sicknesses 
like the name of Jesus. No other name has authority over the circumstances of life other than the name of Jesus. And look at the result. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The Lordship of Jesus is not just some nice idea. It is a reality. There is no higher name, no higher authority, and indeed all other names, all authority must bow to the name of Jesus. And it can happen either now, willingly, when we recognize by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, who Jesus really is. And our submission to him is a loving submission, a welcoming recognition of him and the kingdom that he has come to bring into our lives. But if we reject him and arrogantly shake our fist at him, the time will come when Christ returns and when he comes back, he, he won't come back in humility. He won't come back as an little baby. He'll come back with all his glory and in that open manifestation of who he is, every other name Every other device, every other design, every other ideology that does not fit with that authority will come to nothing. This is ultimate reality. Make sure you're on the right side of reality, ultimate reality. Some people find the judgment of God to be a very hard thing. They think, well, he must be mean. Love me or I'll kill you. No. God invites us to recognize who Jesus is so that we may enter into his kingdom. But if we, if we refuse his kingdom, we can't complain that we're on the other side of God's will and God's purpose. But there is a time coming when every knee shall bow. Think of great characters of history from both secular and religious history. Napoleon shall bow the knee. Muhammad shall bow the knee. Every king, every queen, every person who is in a position of authority, shall bow the knee. And there is no escape from who he is. And when he comes back as who he is, there's only one place, and that is on our knees, recognizing him for who he is. And I love this, because there are 
so many people who think they are so clever. I was listening to some of them over Christmas on, on some debates. And listening to the arrogance with which and the blindness with which they argue. The disdain they have for the name of God. God have mercy on them. God help us prepare ourselves to have an answer for the hope that is within us and to give that with gentleness and persuasion. But I notice here, and it's here just this one time in the Bible, once is enough, that every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Things in heaven, on the earth, and under the earth. When Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. He is talking about the authority that cannot be withstood or resisted by any being, no human being, no spiritual being. The principalities and the powers are already defeated in the name of Jesus. And that rebellious kingdom that I was talking about, the, the spiritual hosts of wickedness, they're already defeated as Jesus has triumphed over them. And the time will come when they will bow the knee and every plan and every strategy that they have for this world to lead it into darkness and to drag the souls of men and women into hell itself, their plans shall be thwarted and they shall be destroyed by the very name of Jesus. I want us, in a way, to be jolted into 2020 knowing that we go with an authority as we bow to the Lordship of Jesus. And that authority, when you know it, it will give you authority. The name of Jesus has authority over cancer. Did you know that? The name of Jesus has authority over depression in the name of Jesus. In fact, the Holy Spirit reveals to me that tonight is at least one person, you are going to be set free from depression this night. It's never going to come back to you. Never. When you are oppressed, the name of Jesus is stronger than your oppressor. When your enemies come against you, the name of Jesus is stronger than any enemy, even the last enemy whose name is death. Hallelujah. The poverty and the lack that tries to choke your life and to rob you of the blessing of the Lord. 
2020 shall not be a year of lack. It shall be a year of plenty. When you know how to take your finances and do all that you're supposed to do, cut up that plastic enemy of yours if you can't control it. Bring it all together. Ensure that you are faithful in seeking first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and then pick it up and tell it in the name of Jesus, shut up. I have a God of abundant supply. Amen and amen. Our nation and the nations of the world are being overtaken by end time strategies of the enemy, waves of deception, compromise, the doctrines of demons, divinations, all kinds of things. Things are becoming much more mainstream. I watched over Christmas on the mainstream media, on a news program, an open advocation for sheer demonic divination. And we need to know the authority of the name of Jesus and get our lives lined up. Because the degree to which we submit to the Lordship of Jesus in our lives is the degree to which we will have authority and victory over the enemy. I told you it was not the end of the story. The last phrase of the verses I quoted, every tongue confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's what it's all about. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 that while Jesus was granted by God the Father the authority to rule in his name, that the kingdom could be restored. And the Bible says the time is coming into the future. And every true lover of God will be there. You will see this. I will see this. And I will nudge you if you're next to me saying, told you so. There'll come a moment when the Son who did all of this for the Father's glory will come and will hand the kingdom back to the Father and say, Father, it's yours. I did it all for you. Moses, a long time ago, when the children of Israel that he had so passionately loved and so faithfully served and brought them 
out of Egypt, only to find that they turned after other gods. And God said, Moses, get out of the way. I will take you and make you into a new nation, but this people, I cannot tolerate them. They are a wayward, unbelieving people. And Moses said, no, Lord, to intercessor. I won't get out of the way. Take me, but save them. And God, if you destroy them, everybody will say you are unable to take them into the promised land. And God said, okay, Moses, I hear you. I will send my angel. But I will not go with you. And Moses said, if you don't go with us, we're not going. All we have that separates us from the others is you. A man who knew the heart of God. And then God, Moses said, God, I just, one more request. Show me your glory. Can you imagine getting to that place where all you want is God to be glorified? Nothing else matters. And it really is that simple. Show me your glory. Not my glory. Your glory. If we can just get that right, everything else falls into place. Even Jesus the Messiah, all that he did, was for the Father's glory. And we are in our generation a world away from this. Truly speaking, we could be tempted to think that it's all about us. It's about me, Lord. It's about what I want. What I Think. If only we could say, God, I get it. You are God. I am not. And you know, we don't miss out. Because God's plan is to take us up in His glory that we might share together in the glorious kingdom of Jesus. Victory, victory, victory.